0: Hi, everybody, the complex PTSD guy here. I'll start out by saying I'm not a doctor or psychiatrist. I'm just a guy living with complex PTSD, and I'm sharing my own ideas, experiences, and opinions on this podcast. Today, I wanted to talk about mean mugging, and if you don't know what that is, I'll give an example or I'll give the definition. Mean mugging is the act of glowering at someone with an intimidating, irritated, or judgmental facial expression. And I, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because when someone does this, it's a, a really big trigger for me. And I think I finally realized why that is. I'm also going to talk about some other things. And some of it might sound a little bit odd. Um, but it's, it's really personal stuff that I don't normally talk about because it's, it's related to like the entertainment industry. and um, in particular, people who me and the person I refer to as my comrade... Um, the person I grew up with, who experienced the same situation I did. That comrade, by the way, is a woman. Um, And this comrade and I used to watch these shows together, and we always got a kick out of certain people on these shows. And I was going to share what that show is. I'm going to share that in this podcast. Um, But the mean mugging, I realized um, both of the people that my complex PTSD stems from I wouldn't say necessarily that they mean mug, but they do something that's extremely similar to that. And whenever I see people who mean mug, um, kind of like they give you a look like they're judging you. Um, It's always been a big trigger for me. And I noticed when I was watching this show that I'm going to bring up, um, this entertainment program, there's certain people on these shows that do that. And I'm, I'm actually uncomfortable when I... When I see them and the show that I mentioned like a month or two ago that I'm not watching anymore a lot of the people on that show do that they do that mean mugging and I noticed it because they were on a program the other night and they were with all these other people that are on this one station and they had them all grouped together at a big ball they called it a ball um, but it was all these people from other shows that are on the same program and they were there also, and the the mean mugging stood out to me, because all the other people don't do that. The other people from the other shows don't necessarily do it, and it it just kind of made me think about something that I made me want to do this podcast. Um, so again, mean mugging, basically I'm wondering if that's a trigger for you too, um, because if you grow up with a narcissist and an enabler, like I did... Um, The narcissist sometimes is a judgmental person. They're irritated and they're intimidating and they'll give those mean mug looks. Um, Just basically a look like they're scowling at you. And sometimes the enabler will sometimes be condescending and give you that judgmental look. And sometimes the enabler is a very very irritated person because they're not happy. So I wouldn't necessarily say My enabler was a mean mugger, but they were definitely, would give judgmental looks. So, in both cases, mean mugging fits in with that, Um, but I'll just go on with my podcast here. I hadn't really thought of this before, but both of the people, as I said that my complex PTSD stems from, they both, I technically, I guess I'll just say they both do the mean mugging, Um, even though whenever I think about it, they do it in different ways. One can be intimidating, and personally, I think they are both—they're both irritated about certain things in their life. They're not happy people, but the main thing they do is they're both judgmental. Primarily, the enabler is a very, very critical and judgmental person. And an example of this would be: in, there's a movie called Ordinary People, and if you think of the mom who was played by Mary Tyler Moore in that movie, that mom is constantly mean mugging. ...and was super irritated about her situation... ...and was so very, very critical and judgmental. That's what I'm talking about with mean mugging. Remember how I recently said in a recent podcast... ...I tend to be oblivious to making shady comments? And I think that's where this stems from... ...is that judgment. When you grow up with the judgment... um, ...people who are really judgmental... um, ...they also tend to be shady. And going back to the program... There was a show on a few days ago that was a good example of people who mean mug, but they were mixed with people who don't, and so it stood out to me. And one thing I noticed when I saw them all together was I thought about the lives these people live, and the ones who mean, mean mug tend to be really unhappy people. They're miserable inside, or they seem to suffer from somewhat of low self-esteem in some way. They come across as judgmental because maybe they were judged growing up too. Where they came from a judgmental environment, so it's like second nature. Judge someone else before they judge you. You know, it's like a defense mechanism. But it's extremely noticeable from my viewpoint. Also to the point that I'm uncomfortable watching them sometimes. And as I said before, I I stopped watching one show altogether. And that's one of their key traits on that show. And actually some of the people from the show that I said I can't watch anymore. They were there with these other people, and they were the biggest culprits of the mean mugging characteristic. It's just painfully judgmental, and I would say somewhat intimidating. I might relate to this program that I'm going to mention, because there's so much shadiness. And like I said, that's a very contentious issue for me, and it's cost me relationships because I don't realize I'm doing it when I'm doing it. And whenever I did my podcast about shadiness, um, one of the key aspects is that it, when you're shady, you're being insensitive. And so I try to distance myself from that, but it's also a key part of who I was growing up and in my adult life. I really try not to engage with it, but I will admit um, the program I saw them all at together was on a station called Bravo. And sadly, I am a Bravo-holic. So if you grew up... I've, I've watched Bravo for 15 over 15 years. And I've always loved the shows. Um, so I'm, I'm just an admitted Bravo-holic. Um, I've been watching the shows since like 2007 when they first got big. And actually when I wrote my play in 2019, which I've talked about on here before, and we produced it on stage, the characters in the play watch The Real Housewives. And they talk about them all the time because that's what me... And the person I refer to as my comrade, which I said is a woman, we used to actually do. And we particularly always got a kick out of a woman named Vicky on one of the shows. Because she reminded us of someone we grew up with. The audience who was watching the play I produced, they thought it was funny that we referenced these shows. But back to the program I saw recently, this was a couple days ago. There was a reunion of sorts that was the largest reunion in this network's history, in Bravo history. It aired this past Sunday, and it was called Andy's Legends Ball. You can find it on Peacock if you look up Watch What Happens Live on the Peacock streaming service, and go to the episode of Watch What Happens Live that aired October 16th. You'll see the Legends Ball. It's not titled Legends Ball in the streaming app, though. It's just titled Watch What Happens Live on October 16th on the on Peacock. One thing I loved was that this same Vicki woman was at the Legends Ball and she actually had like the best seat in the house and she sort of stole the show. Several other women had a thing or two to say to her and Vicki was just her old self, it was great. It was great entertainment. I actually ended up calling the person I consider my comrade and we were talking about it and laughing because it just brought back a lot of memories. I think I also like the sociology aspect of these shows, these reality shows, because it's all different people from completely diverse backgrounds, and at the Legends Ball you could see that front and center. I just find the mean mugging tendency to be interesting, and that's probably because it's a trigger. But again, I sense that the people who don't, who don't seem to judge others, they seem a lot happier, and they seem to have healthier, more long-term relationships that have joy and love exuding from them. And I could see that on the show because everyone was together and that's unusual. The judgmental people don't seem to have that or it's like a forced or manipulative relationship they tend to find themselves in. One other thing that I wanted to mention and it might sound weird, this will sound weird, but I don't care. Um, I mentioned I wrote that play and incorporated the housewife stuff. Well, the really eerie aspect of that is that there was a key character in the play who was sort of like... I considered her the antidote. And when I wrote her character description, that's what I put in there is... She's like a truth serum. She's an antidote. And she reflected someone from my real life. She was someone the narcissist in my play didn't like having around... because she was his aunt. And she knew that the narcissist was a big baby... And he couldn't get away with his abusive ways because she would call it out, and her name was Aunt Lucy. And Aunt Aunt Lucy was also an alcoholic. So the eerie part of this is that if you have ever seen Bravo, the main host is a guy named Andy Cohen. And he named his son, the same year my play came out, he named his son the same first and middle name as what I have, Benjamin Allen. And he named his daughter Lucy. And it freaked me out because I was like, well, that's the the antidote in my play. She was actually based in my play off of Lucille Ball. And so it was Aunt Lucy. And she was also based off of actual women in my, my life growing up. Um, but I just could not believe his daughter was born this year and he named her Lucy. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me because Lucy was actually going to be the cover of the poster for my play, originally, with the brother and sister in the background with the blindfolds on. Um, Alex and Lindsay were the brother and sister in my play. This was, this was after my play was produced in 2019, um, when he had his his second child. But any, I know that sounds weird. I just it's too eerie, and I incorporated those housewives into my play. Um, we we talked about them throughout the whole thing. And whenever I saw he named his son the same name as me and he named his daughter Lucy, I was like, get out of here. That is is just weird. It's too weird. But enough with the weird stuff. The coincidences, which I said I don't believe in coincidences. I wanted to mention that even in high school, the people that triggered me the most were the ones who did that mean mugging stuff. I also think this goes hand in hand with the whole incompetence thing. Because like I said recently, if someone is short with me or they're condescending... Which, by the way, um, that host I mentioned, he can do that a lot. That is a big trigger, and I think it goes back to the incompetence feeling incompetent, which, like I said, I think that comes from that long-term stress that impacts your learning skills growing up. Mean-mugging goes hand-in-hand with it, especially since both of the people that my abuse stemmed from had this same characteristic. And by the way, they both can be very condescending. I just wanted to share this because I think it's something I've never thought to bring up, Until I saw this legends ball and noticed the mean mugging going on with the people I tend to feel uncomfortable watching. It was nice to see them out of their normal environment and around people who do not have that negative characteristic. Kind of like when you get out of your own toxic environment and you find places where people are nice, it's such a great feeling of freedom and you feel like, gee I wish people could have been like this growing up, Um, that's how I felt anyway. It's good to remind myself to hold on to those places of peace and remind myself that even though one of my core traits might be shadiness, I need to remember that that can be insensitive. And like I said, I'm a Bravaholic. It's really hard for me to get off that station. Um, like there's actually a reunion on a night and I'm not watching it. I've, I've, I didn't watch it last week and I'm not watching it this week. 'Cause I'm really trying to get myself away from it. It's almost like a drug for me. And when I watched this Legends Ball, I think it was Sunday night, I had a like a 36 hour high from watching this program. It was so amazing. Um, it was everything I like I could ever want in one program. It was only an hour long. It was just it blew me away. And so that's why I called my comrade and I was like, You gotta watch this. And out of all people to steal the show, Vicky stole the show. And Vicky was the one we've always related to. Um, But I I had to mention it. I know some of this sounds really weird. And, you know, I'm looking too much into it. I don't think I am. There's even something else that's even more weird. So there's a part in the program where two people, um, they stand up. And they're both, well, one of them I know is originally from Iran. And they stand up and he says... We stand in solidarity with the women of Iran, because there's a lot going in Iran right now with women who are being abused. And one of the key traits in my play, there's a, a woman who's abused in my play, and it wakes Alex up to where his blindfolds are moved. Um, and whenever they said that, the woman, whose name I'm not gonna say, but there's a woman who, um, as they're standing there saying that about the women of Iran, there's a woman who's like lower in the lens of the camera, and she's got red hair and she's looking directly at the camera and something that supposedly happened to her recently was another huge trigger for me that I talked about a few weeks ago, and I said I wasn't going to name the show or name the person, but um something happened to her that is the same exact thing that happened to the person in my play who was the reason why I wrote the play um. So it's, it was all too weird. It was Everything was happening all at once, and it was just wild. Um, but she's looking directly into the camera, and it, it just freaked me out that she's looking into the camera right. They're standing directly behind her, and they're saying this thing about basically women being abused. And it, it was just too much. And I, I knew if I didn't mention on here, I'd regret it. Um, another last little thing I wanted to add the book that I talked about the last couple podcasts, I just read pages 110 and 111, and I don't know where I've seen that before, but the the scene where he gets arrested at the hotel and they have their red solo cups and all that stuff, I've read that somewhere before, and I don't know where, I don't even know how that's possible because I've never read this book before. Um, so I don't know if that was once in a magazine, but when I was reading it just like a half an hour ago, I was thinking, I've read this. This is something I've heard before. And I didn't hear it in an interview. I had literally read it. Um, So it was very... I don't know where that came from because I think the book just came out in May and I had never heard of the book before until just last week. So it just kind of... It was a weird experience. Um, And like I said, I don't identify as psychic, but I have identified... Before, as kind of clairvoyant, and so I don't know if I was having a moment, but I have to be kind of careful with sharing things like that because I don't want to, people to think I'm delusional or something. Because um, sometimes I do feel that way, um, but anyway, I wanted to share it, I just wanted to be honest. And because um, I think if I don't share it, um, something will pop up to where I'll say I wish I had shared it. Um, This is the Complex PTSD Guy signing off.